With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast called 25 Whistles Talking Football. And they all wear a whistle, yeah, it's stupid. But what did you expect? It's a podcast. Call 25 Whistles. 25 Whistles. Hello, blow it. Thank you. 25 Whistles presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with the code Bobby Sports because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, boys? Yo, yo. What's up, man? My finger hurts, man. Oh, are you? We went to Auburn yesterday and we were jump ball. And my hand was hit so hard, not by Eddie, and so well, you don't know if it was me. It or wasn't you. It was because uh, <laughs> I'm strong too, you know. And I remember coming down, and going, "Oh, it hurt so bad." And then at the end, uh, Broom, who, who was tossing us the ball, who's their center basically, Night Broom. Yeah, he was like, uh, "Did I hit somebody's hand?" And I'm like, "Oh God!" I'm like, "It might have been me." I'm like, "Oh no!" You did say that. It killed me. <laughs> It killed my finger, so I'm here. I'm I'm injured, but I'm in. Hey man, it, it's been like 24 hours. Like you, you might be really hurt. Nah, it's probably just jammed up real bad. But the whole knuckle is swollen. How did he hit it though? While don't know, didn't see it. I think I closed my eyes when I jump ball, so I don't know. I didn't see yeah, anything. You shouldn't do that. I know. That's I need to, yeah. I need to review the footage. We'll see. Yeah, find the. It's probably just like a dink. <laughs> Those but guys are still they're so big. It's, oh, yeah. it's crazy. He's a monster. Um, so I was I mean before before we came on, I was reading this story about Brock Purdy, where Kyle Shanahan tried to get Tom Brady out of retirement this year to come and play. Oh, for San Francisco, for his hometown team, and they went to Purdy and they were like, "Hey, um, if he comes, you're gonna have to back him up for this year." And Purdy was like, "All right, I get it. He's the greatest of all time, but like we were a game away from you know, yeah. last year." Yeah. So I thought that was interesting that it's even out. That just got, just came out, huh? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan tried getting Tom Brady out of retirement to be their starter last season. Who would leak that? Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying. I mean, may, I don't know, because Brock Purdy's talking about it, but I don't think Brock Purdy's the one that raised his hand and was like, <laughs> I have a story to tell. If you want to keep your job, you don't do that. He said, I remember him saying, if we can get Tom Brady, we're going to try to get him. And I was like, yeah, he's the GOAT. I get it. But something deep down inside me was like, dude, I just showed you I can play well in the system. And we were one game away from the Super Bowl. More than anything, I was like, Okay, now let's go. Yeah. So that's an interesting story. And Brady was just joking about he almost came out of retirement again, but I didn't know he was like serious. But I guess that must have been something that 
possibly could have happened in Shanahan's mind. That's interesting that he saw Purdy as still a concern for that position. Like, uh, I mean, not a concern. No, no, it's Tom Brady. It's not Purdy. It's not yeah. about Purdy. What do you mean? It wouldn't matter who it was. You wouldn't almost. even think about getting a new quarterback, even if it was old, rusty Tom Brady. You wouldn't even think about it unless you had question marks over your current quarterback. You, there's only like five or six quarterbacks that you probably wouldn't replace for Tom Brady for one year. Really? Pro- yeah. I mean, the, the, if that. the A-listers and that's yeah. then that's it. The A-listers. That's it. Because if I had like... If, um, if you have two, I put Tom Brady in. Yeah. If, sure. Dak. Sure. Whoa, see, that's what I'm talking about. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I would. <laughs> I would. Okay, thank you. I would. But and it's, and because it's like I have his, question marks about Dak. Okay, but there's question marks about everybody except for Tom Mahomes. Brady. Yeah, that's it. Josh yeah. Allen? Yeah. No. What, no. What, do you, what do you mean? He's lost again. Well, again. That's the Mahomes. Josh question, Allen. Okay, but there are question marks. There's question marks about everybody. Lamar Jackson? He gets injured every third Mah- game. Mahomes except, is the only except guy. this year he hasn't. It's been awesome. Wow. But Joe, I, Joe I would, Flacco? I would. No questions. <laughs> I have no questions. No questions. <laughs> uh, the the Bills kicker deactivated oh, his social media. Tyler Bass. Yeah, it sucks. Mm. Yeah. The thing is, even if he makes it, here's the thing: Diggs dropped a ball. Sure. Yep. Big ball. Sure. So let's look at, there are multiple, re, yes, we remember wide right and the Norwood kick, that just. Jim Nance's call was it remi- awesome. It reminded everyone of it, so it became a story. But again, the Chiefs would have had time to execute a drive. And all they would have needed was to get to field goal range. Yeah, but unfortunately, had, we're, us fans, like, we just remember the end. You know, like, yeah, I think every game oh, yeah, has I hear factors. Absolutely. Every game. I, yes, but we can't just blame it on him is my point. And the two plays coming out of the two-minute uh, warning. Yeah. Where Josh Allen, like, there's two throws. I was just, the first one, and it's just like, what? But because it was like the Norwood kick wide right. Yeah. That's what we're remembering because that was such a cultural sports event way, way back in the day. Think about that. And we were so young. I was. Eddie was like 25. But <laughs> I was married with kids. <laughs> Buffalo lost four Super Bowls in a row. Mm. Think about that. That sucks. Four in a row. Like with a great team. With like Jim Kelly, Thurman, yeah, Thurman Thomas, Thomas, Bruce Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were awesome. And they got to the Super Bowl four years in a row. They lost all four years to the Cowboys. Cowboys you know, were a couple of times. Two, two of them, yeah. Yeah. So it sucks for Buffalo. The Redskins. We don't, we don't call them that anymore. Well, that's what they were called hey, then. We the R words. But do, do you not say that in history? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like wondering, like, do you even say that? No. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. I okay. know anything uh, pre what was the twenty twenty. Right, right. What do they identify as now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what we call them, whatever they identify as now. Um, so yeah, I mean, listen, it's Tuesday we're recording this, so we don't need to do a whole last week. That's this is what happened. But uh sucks for the Bills. Let's go choose. Got my, got my future on the Chiefs. Yeah, good for you. And the Ravens still I can cash out for the Ravens for like two thousand dollars right now. Wow. And you put in how much? Uh, I can look. Did we hit our parlay? Oh, yeah. What? Let's go. We yeah. Right. I'll look. Let's do the tittle-tattle, and then okay. we'll, we'll talk about that. Go ahead. It's time for the stupidest name ever. It's the tittle-tattle with kickoff. After losing another major player to Ohio State since Saban retired, would you be worried about the DeBoer hire if you were an Alabama fan? I think you're worried anyway because Saban just left. It wouldn't matter who it is and who it was. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, but people are forgetting that Kalen DeBoer, he brought his kid with them, the Austin Mack kid. So he transferred down. He was a top 10 quarterback in the 2023 class. So he came from Washington down to Alabama. You know, the, uh, the, the Julian Sayan who left Alabama to go to Ohio State, 
there's a coaching change. I don't think as much as it's about who's coming in. I don't think the players are leaving are like, we hate this guy. I think they're like, Saban's out. I'm going to see how much money I can make somewhere else. So, Oh, much in money, not, not winning? Because they can win in Alabama. With a new coach? I don't know. Well, the new coach just went to the national championship game. Yeah, but, I mean, it's a whole new team, whole new school. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's not that replaceable where you just wear another pair of pants. It's a whole new deal. Well, you're just saying words right now. Now, I, you say deal when you really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Situation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is weird to see all the Alabama kids leaving because they usually don't. Not the good ones. Usually it's the second-tier injured players that go to other schools to get more playing time. But, I mean, I get it. Your coach leaves. And you, everybody's eligible to go if the coach leaves. I mean, when Saban left, though, I really marked that down as, like, I think the dynasty's over. It's time for Alabama to just kind of re, you know, just rebuild. And if that were the case, I think they would have hired somebody younger and a coordinator maybe that they wanted to invest the future in instead of going and hiring a proven coach and paying him a whole bunch of money. He still doesn't look like a coach to me, though, man. <laughs> There's not much to him, huh? <laughs> it just looks like a dude, you know what there I mean? There was a part. We were at Auburn yesterday, and we were talking to Coach Pearl, and me, Eddie, and Coach Pearl were sitting on the couch, basketball, and Eddie's like, you know, I coach 10-year-olds or 11-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, you know, coaching is the same, right? Yeah, he was saying, you know, it's like barbecuing. Like, you know, everyone knows how to grill. And Eddie was like, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like a coach. Yeah, I'm like you. And then he told me, he's like, like you're a good coach. And I said, you're right. I am a good coach. He's like, nah, you don't know. <laughs> he, dude, he walked me right into it. Yeah. He's like, you don't know crap. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's hilarious. Good coach. Yeah. So that's that fine. <laughs> Alabama, it's an unfamiliar place to be. Because you've had stability, instability with the greatest college coach of all time, but it's a pretty good backup plan. There was a niche, there was going to have to come eventually anyway. He can't live forever. And Ohio State's they're having a couple of big weeks here. I saw where they spent thirteen million, thirteen million bucks or so mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Listen, you got it. Spend it. We only hate because our team's not spending it. Yeah, exactly. We don't yeah. have it. All right, next question. All right. We all know you're a big, big Baker guy. Baker guy right? Big Baker guy. All right. You want the Bucks <laughs> to sign him to an extension? If you were a fan, Bucks fan, who else are they going to sign? I mean, the answer is yes, because I'm a big Baker guy. Mm-hmm. And he also had career year. Like, he had better stats this year. He had 4,000 yards passing than I think he's ever had. 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He played well. I don't think he's a top five or seven guy, according to most people. Me, yeah, number one. <laughs> big Baker guy. But, yeah, I don't know who else. He, they could have won that game. They could have beat Detroit. They had a shot. To win that game, um, but but him and Mike Evans are, are are free agents. What? And then Baker threw a pick. <laughs> well, he had to. But he no, was no, throwing no. dimes before. He that. Was. No, he was. He played well. He was just he chunking. Well. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, he threw. Hey, for, relax, man. He threw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would sign him. I would. You know, I, I don't know that I'd pay him forty million dollars, but if you're Tampa, you had a good run with him, and let's go. I'm a big Baker guy, so I say sign him up. <laughs> like Daniel Jones money. You know, like that. Well, tier. he's going to want Daniel Jones' money, and yeah, because you'll have, take him over Daniel. You probably Jones. have to give him that kind of money. What tier is that? Thirty-five mil, I believe. That's probably upper end of what he should get because there just aren't quarterbacks. That's the problem. If you get one that's pretty good, you got to pay him like he's really good. Even one that's really good, you got to pay him like he's Hall of Famer because there just are a shortage of quarterbacks. We saw it this year with every freaking backup, and it sucked. You can get Tommy DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito. Tommy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Jones is $40 million a year. Yeah, I don't think you can pay him that and much. And he looks like he's about 10th. Oof. Right behind Dak. And what yeah. are the Giants even going to do? I know. They got a bunch of... <sighs> they losing Saquon? To the uh, Cowboys. 
That's what oh man, that would be hilarious. That would be cool. That'd I mean, are they cool. losing them? We don't know yet. Because they basically put the tag on them, but then gave them more money than the tag. Remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, next question. All right. After the 49ers barely won on Saturday, were you more impressed with Purdy leading the team to a game-winning drive or concerned with his play the rest of the game? I wasn't concerned with his play. It was raining hard. It was raining and? hard. And what? They, they don't play in the rain? It was raining hard. The conditions were not that of a game where you're going to throw for 300 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. It was a messy game. They couldn't hold on to the ball at times when they're trying to run the ball. Like pitching it. You know, he came out with a glove. Yeah. And he took the glove off. And even as he was dropping back, he was drying his hand off. Like in the middle of dropping back, he would be drying yeah. his hand off. So the conditions were not good. But when it mattered, he came through. Every quarterback, he's held to a higher standard because he's Brock Purdy. Drafted seventh. 49ers <laughs> are so good. Yeah, they're so good. They hold him to a higher standard than they would anybody else. Josh Allen screwed up, had drives that sucked. Yeah. Mahomes had drives that weren't. So win games. That's it. He is. I kind of feel bad for him because every time he plays a good quarterback, it's like Brock Purdy, 800000 um, uh, yeah, yeah, his salary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Daniel Jones, $40 million. Terrible, man. Why well, they know. do that to me? Like, that'd be embarrassing. I mean, and it's not even like his stats were uh, 23 for 39 for 252 and a touchdown. Okay. what's That's good. But yes, it looks sloppy and people want to take shots at Purdy. But it was a bad, the, the weather was terrible. What's crazy about the cameras, the NFL, when they're doing that full shot of the field, you don't even see rain. That's right. But when they do that one shot where they're like looking at the box or the lights, they and show it's the lights. pouring yeah. down. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like it's raining watching the regular game. When you see water droplets falling off their helmets, yeah. you know it's drenched. And you can't even see the rain except they're yeah. coming off their, their, their helmets. All right, what else you got? Last one here. With the Bills getting knocked out again, is it time for them to move on from Sean McDermott? If the Cowboys aren't moving on... <laughs> from Mike McCarthy? The Bills should not move on. It sucks. That's that's his kryptonite. Patrick Mahomes. Not regular season. He's got an edge over the yeah. regular season. But playoffs, that's his kryptonite. Um, but no, I don't think you fire McDermott. What happens too is you play more, you learn more, you you know, you have more experience. That hopefully that helps. But the Chiefs, man, you just can't to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Yeah, and nobody beat that. the man. And maybe the Ravens will. But even now, I take the Chiefs. I have both of them. Those are my two teams I have left. <laughs> I'm still trying to decide what I want to do with that. Like, do I want to cash one out and pray for the other one? Do I just hold them both? Yeah, what, it just uh, to me, it's like, which one's worth more money, right? Like, Well, I have like six chief bets. Oh, okay. Because when they were struggling, I just kept putting more and more money on them. But not, nothing crazy, like 100 bucks a time or something. But if the Chiefs win, you'll make more. I'm about to find out. Okay. Because I haven't even looked. I didn't want to look and jinx it, even though they weren't playing. So there really was no way to jinx it. All right, face ID. Oh, what's my password? Hold on. No, don't say it out loud. <laughs> You're on a mic. Yeah. Hold on. Thank you. Please hold one second as I... I'll sure. talk to Kevin over here. Did you yep. know they had two different gloves for rain and, and not... And like What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they have different they, golf gloves too for rain. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. They do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently. You know how like the receiving gloves are all glossy, kind of like, yeah. like mine? Yeah. You know, like sticky or whatever. But when it rains, they're softer, almost like soft leather. So like when quarterbacks ball. are wearing gloves during the game, it's those ones, not yeah. the receiver ones. Yeah. Three different ones. Correct. I didn't know Dang. that, man. Okay, here we go. I didn't know that you, didn't, you didn't wear gloves in college. That's probably why you don't know. No, high school. Oh, high school. Yeah, couldn't wear gloves. Offense. Because the coach or because? Yeah, our coaches would not let the offensive players wear gloves. 
doesn't make any sense. What about sense. the helmets? Did they just have hard helmets or are you wearing leather? <laughs> no, leather. <laughs> leather. Just the one bar, though. Yeah. One bar. All right, Kansas City Chiefs. The, the, by, the Kansas City Chiefs is not really that much. They expect them to lose. So I'll just read you what I have. Uh, 50 bucks on Kansas City to win 450, but the cash out $71 on this one. Okay. Here's 50 on Kansas City, cash out 71. Mm-mm. Here's Kansas City, wager 200, cash out 255. Here's well, what's to what, win though on those? Oh, 1600. Oh man. And the other one was oh. 450, and then what was the other one? Uh Yeah, oh, you want that too? Yeah, I'm just kind of adding it up. Okay. Uh Kansas City Chiefs 50 bucks to win 450. 200 bucks to win 1600. Okay. 100 bucks to win 800. Those three bets? Um, 500 to win 2,625. <laughs> See, there's more. Keep them coming. That cash out is not even up to full because that cash out is, I bet 500 and the cash out's 450. And they're down to four teams. Oh, wow. They don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to do it. No. Have they not heard to be the man? You got to beat the man? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously not. Come on, listen to whistles. Uh, and then. Oh, there's one more? Baltimore. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Baltimore. So I put 250 on Baltimore to win 3,750 bucks, but the cash out for that is $1,036. Okay. You only have one bet on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. It sounds like I have more money invested in the Chiefs well, maybe, after all those little bets. Maybe not. Well, with the winnings, if I win, yeah. okay, what's that at? Significant. Well, you have, so for Baltimore, you could win $5,750. No, I can't. Wait, is that, mm-hmm. is that not no. right? What is it? How much? Two fifty to win two thousand something. Uh, oh, I can't read my handwriting. Uh, th- thirty seven fifty. Oh, thirty seven. Okay, so, so for yeah, Baltimore, yeah. I got thirty seven fifty. Thirty seven fifty, and for the Chiefs, you the potential win is five thousand four hundred seventy five. So, if you're asking me, as uh, as your best friend here, cash out Baltimore and pray for the Chiefs. Correct. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. I do think. But if you're asking me, you yeah, let them ride. <laughs> that means I'm no going to lose risk. one of them. I know. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> but it's not my and money. also, I might lose both of them right. if they end up losing in the NFC. So you don't want that. Yeah. Let's get some money back. Let's get some insurance yeah. back. I mean, you'll make... If you cash out Baltimore right now, it's like what, a, thou- thir- a little over 1300 $1,000. $1,300. Is that what it said? So yeah, yeah you'll make a little over 1000 bucks. That's pretty dang good. I think you'll feel better about yourself with a little bit of smiles in your pocket. And then I can just root for Kansas City? And yeah. you can put that money into Kansas City. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He's like, he's like, go to the casino, play craps. <laughs> the easiest, easiest game, game ever. <laughs> you get a shirt made. Jimmy, do it. What? The cash out? Baltimore and just root for Kansas City. That's that's my vote. Kevin? Yeah. Okay. Cash out. Confirm. And then let's go Boom. Chiefs, baby. Got it. Oh, oh! Arrowhead, baby. Let's go. Yeah, but it's, they're not playing it's in, in Baltimore. Oh, well, whatever. Baltimore. <laughs> hey, I, I'm rooting for the Chiefs anyway, though. Thank you. Uh, me too now. I am. Me too. Okay. Although, although the lines you guys be, won't get that out of me. Lines would be cool, though. Lines would be cool. Yeah, lines would be cool. Okay, uh, that's Tittle Tattle. Thank you. There it is. The stupidest name ever. It's the Tittle Tattle with Kickoff. 25 Whistles presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app. Use the code Bobby Sports. Get in on the action. We're rolling with parlays. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> on streak. <laughs> We got the Ravens money line, win. 49ers money line, win. And you guys laughed at me when I said Chiefs money line. Yeah. You snickered. And I said, no. Yeah. Yeah, I said, I to be the man, you got to beat, the, beat man. the man. Oh, man. Chiefs money line, win. Amazing. Oh, man. That's so good. Did you bet your own parlay? Yeah, no. No. 
I don't do that. I'm not stupid. You see how many, <laughs> have you seen how many I've lost? I'll bet next yeah, week. Man. I lost like seven. It's to the point now where I'm making bets and I'm like, I just should bet the opposite of what I feel. Yeah. Because I've just missed. That's never a good feeling. I hate it. I, I, I'm not betting really. I just cashed out. So I got an extra thousand bucks to spend, I guess. <laughs> okay. Burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> yep. If you want to take the 25 Whistles Parlay, you can check out DraftKings Sportsbook because we plan to finish out the season strong. Oh, real yeah. strong. New users, use the code Bobby Sports when you download the app 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope and y 467-369. <laughs> I had to watch a bit of the Buffalo Kansas City game on my phone from far away. I watched every game. Was your TV out? What's up? No, we had friends that came over. What? I know. Kind of last minute. Your wife invited friends? It's our friend. It's my friend, too. You invited your friend? No. But my friend was like, hey, do you guys want... My friend and he had his girlfriend. He's like, do you want to do something on... Because we were going to do something the night before, but the ice got us. Okay. He's like, let's just do it the next day. He goes, how about dinner? I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh no. The problem is I I can't go, no. Because if it were Arkansas, I could definitely raise a flag because I do way too much. Mm-hmm. And so I had dinner and we have a shuffleboard table at our house, but I kept the phone. So I watched it, but it was tiny. Is your friend a football fan or not really? Not really. Mm. It's tough, man. It's tough, it's yeah. t- thank you. It's like someone yeah. died. I'm yeah, sorry. I did hey, watch. I did see all I did see it. You know, for yeah, the most part. Yeah, it's micro screen. machines for sure. So Did you have the the volume up? No, I had to like hide the oh. fact that I was even watching it. Oh, that was terrible. Dude, Tony Romo was Peter Tony Romo that night. Why? He's just like a kid. It's so funny. Are you getting annoyed a- with Tony anything Romo? Anything I go through my ebbs and flows with him. You do? I really do. Eddie, but you're a cowboy fan. Yeah. I love it, dude. Because of sometimes I'm just like, Tony, you don't need to talk right now. It's okay not to say anything, but he just can't help That's it. That's his job. No, but it's useless sometimes. I mean, he says nothing. He started. He's to just get... talking to talk, and I'm just like, "What is this? Where is this going?" And Jim's just like, "Yeah, Tony." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you think he gets true. celebrated so much? Or he got celebrated so much early yes. that he feels now that he has to constantly do that, even if he doesn't have that. He doesn't call as many plays anymore, though, because he was getting them wrong. Yeah, I will say that, but he still talks when <laughs> that's it's. Why, just that's like, why I like not to do parlays <laughs> <laughs> for the same reason. Yeah. I had to stop doing that a long time ago. Yeah. The best is I don't know, Jim. <laughs> I don't know, I don't Jim. Know. Uh, the cost of a Swede at the Super Bowl. Oh, if you'd let's, like, if you'd let's like get to get one. you one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you just want a seat, 50000 bucks. Like at the very top? or this is 50 probably... yard line. Okay. Like, yeah, it, it won't seat. be at the very bottom, but like a medium 50 yard line seat. Then there are suites. Regular season, you can get a suite around $20,000. Because a, a suite has, you know, like 20 or so tickets. There's food involved. It's like luxury. Um, if you want to get one for the Super Bowl, it's about $600,000. It's got all 26 seats. Um, that's just four seats, by the way. Chicken fingers? That's just four seats in a suite. It's not even the whole suite. Oh, my goodness. Not the 20. So you get the food. You get the chicken fingers. You get the, okay. But you want four seats in a suite. $600,000. Oh if you ridiculous. want the whole 26 seats, it's $2.6 million. What oh on earth? Who has that money? Lad Bible. Somebody. Somebody does because they're gonna get, it's going to get paid. Yeah. The NFL is considering changing one of the worst rules in sports, which is the fumble into the end zone. It, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's so yeah. stupid. You work, work all the way to get down there, and then you accidentally fumble, and it goes in the end zone, and it's a turnover? Mm-hmm. Makes no sense. So what do you do? Put they, it back. Put the at, one. Put, put it, it the one. No. No, I'd put it no. back. you got to have some sort of punishment. Yeah. I'd put it back at the original line of scrimmage mm. of that play. Oh, dude, that would hurt too. 
You don't lose the ball, though. Yeah. I do the 15. Okay, I like 15. I was yeah. going to say that because well, it's a little penalty. Well, then you should just be uniform and either do the, the two-point conversion line or the 20 or the 25. 15's weird. It's like a random... <laughs> the random yard line. Because <laughs> nothing else is on the 15. Let's make this rule about the 15. Okay, that, that makes you know? sense. It's yeah. just such a like a bad luck that it rolls into the end zone. It's not even like, you know, a, a skillful play. It's yeah. just, it just happens to roll in the end zone. Yeah. I would say back at the line of scrimmage, because most of those plays where that happens, it's not a 90-yard run and a fumble. Occasionally it is. Yeah. But at least you don't lose the ball. The Cowboys one was like a 40-yard pass. But at least you don't lose. Again, you still have possession. It's just the next down. But yeah, it's a terrible rule. That rule and also how players don't get assists if they throw a guy and he gets fouled. You should get an assist if he makes free throws. Totally. I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, because you set him up. You Nobody can help the guy punch him in the face. He has to make at least one? I think he needs to make all to okay. get the assist if it's one or two. But if, he, if it's just one, he's already made the two, so he already got the assist. So, yeah, he needs to make both shots. Okay. Or three. Oh, yeah, all three. Yeah. There's got to be a little bit. Yeah, working. Yeah. yeah, so, so yeah. I would love to see this conversation in, like, the real boardroom of, like, all the rule Me makers. Me, too. I'd like to be having it. <laughs> oh, because they would be like, yeah, 15-yard line. Oh, why? Oh, uh, I don't know. Because <laughs> there's nothing else <laughs> why in 15. Not? That number looks fun to write. <laughs> yeah. so, like, get this guy out of here. <laughs> um, so, my wife, is that my hat? Dude, that's awesome. Not too much access hat. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, this is, it's not poly. What's this called? Oh, is that like a trucker hat? No. Well, let me touch this it. This fabric. I don't, I don't know, no, bro. hold on. Hold on. Sit your butt down. Don't be touching me. I, mean, I can't see it from here. It's not polyester. It's um cotton. No. Cotton. <laughs> People's pants are made of this stuff. Denim? I have pants that are Denim. made of this. No. Right. Oh, is it what I was wearing? Is it corduroy? Corduroy. Mm. I was wearing you that wear corduroy pants? I have no, corduroy pants. I was wearing pants. a corduroy hat yesterday. So it's corduroy. Oh, really? And then it says too much access, and they have a foam thing. My wife designed them. Cool, cool. Huh? Yeah. Really cool. So, what's uh, the foam finger? Just a generic one? Well, because we do. Hey! Yes! I knew he wouldn't leave we, us we, out. We do them in our video. That's what we have. Foam yeah, finger. yeah, yeah. I know. That's why it's there. Because on the design of our logo, we have the foam wow. finger. Wow. So, yeah. You tricked us. I have hats for all four of you. Dude, guys. we all asked him about uh, it. If you all four of you, uh, Kevin Carroll was like, "Hey, man, nice hat." And I was like, "What? Well, well, I have. I was gonna say, I have you one." I was like, leave me alone. And then Eddie's like, hey, where'd you get the hat? Yeah, and then you, and now I know why you didn't want me to touch it. I'm about to touch my own hat. Yes, so I have four, <laughs> courtesy of my wife. Go! Thank you. Thank you, man. Reed, will you get them and take them over to Yeah, me? absolutely. And tell your wife thank you for us, too. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Reed, maybe you get must to sign it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> we talked about that, right? Yeah. Reed, like, pulls a hat out after the interview. I'm surprised he didn't ask uh, hey, Bruce Pearl for an autograph. Did you, Reed? No. <laughs> Hey, oh, he'll take, never take live that one, down. Pass it down. <laughs> hey, they're these high quality hats. <laughs> so, do we all wear these when we go on our visit? <laughs> you know, I don't know about that yet. It is corduroy. Oh, oh yeah, wow. they're nice. These are clean. Wow. Hey, Mike, I'm coming. They look warm, bones. My warm? head's never been warmer, actually. <laughs> Winter doesn't stand a chance with these too much access hats. Wow. So, I love it. I'm going to wear this all the time. That's what's up. Everybody feel good? I feel great now. Okay. Um. So, let's. Do DraftKings right here. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet 5 bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code BOBBYSPORTS. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook. With the code Bobby Sports, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help's available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So, Sailor Poffenbarger, which, by the way, she was a top 30 recruit, um, went to UConn, transferred to Arkansas. She had like 23 rebounds on a game. Amazing. It's crazy. Uh, right before we went. And so, but this is her, us talking to her. She's averaging a double double, 10 points, 12 rebounds a game. You can follow her at sailor.pff. And so, her brother, by the way, just transferred to Miami. Play quarterback. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's cool. Dang, athletic family, huh? And her oh, yeah. dad makes liquor. Yeah, like oh, bourbon, right? right? Yeah. Right. She's like she's taller than us. Uh, yes, yes. Right? Oh, or right? Yeah. Like right? Tall as we are. Yeah. Or tall as I am, Eddie. Well, as what are you like? Six about? two and a half, right? Is that what we were saying? <laughs> it keeps growing. <laughs> That's what we're going with now. It definitely keeps growing. Yeah. So here she is, Sailor Poffenbarger. I have to start by addressing you're wearing a boot. <laughs> so, but you're not broken, right? I just watched you not play. Not broken. Okay. Yeah. Are you wearing it for fun? Oh, sympathy. Because um, when I was in like fifth pains. grade, when people would have crutches that would come in, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I wish I could have crutches. But I, because I wanted the sympathy. Yeah. Is that it? Actually, the boot keeps me on the court. So without the boot, I wouldn't be playing. What do you mean? Why? What, what's the boot for? I have stress reactions in my shin. So basically, anytime I'm not doing anything basketball related, I'm in a boot. Really? But when I'm at practice, I can play. And what is that based from? Like a lot of basketball through your whole life? It's. Not recovering the right way, uh, not eating the right way. So it's on you. We <laughs> yeah. felt that, though. It's on, you. It's on me. It's our, living our lives. And playing a lot of basketball. Yeah, we felt that. Yeah. So uh, I watched the game. You guys played Florida State. Um, and I watched a lot of your games. But that game, you go down into Tallahassee. And I'm noticing that you're getting a lot of rebounds. The game had finished. You guys have won. It's a big win over a uh, top 15 team. And so I text coach. And I was like, God, you guys are awesome. Say, like, I got a bunch of rebounds. It was really cool. And then the graphic pops up, and it said 23 rebounds Amazing. in the game. 23 in the game. Crazy. Is that the record here? Yes. The record was 22, and I, it was, like, from 84, 94. Yeah. So, basically, like, 1872. Candlelight instead of electricity. <laughs> but you had had a game where you had over 20 rebounds earlier, though, and you were so close to the record. Were you shooting for 23? Were you keeping up with it in your head? I feel like when I start the games, I don't think about it, but it's like gets to the point where my teammates are always like, oh my God, or it's more our media lady. She's like, you're this amount away. Like at halftime, she was like, you're 12 away. So I was like, okay, I have to do it. If I got 12 in the first half, I can get 12 in the second half. Yes. So, yeah. And what do you credit all the rebounds to? Just being a dog or like form technical? Like what, what is it? Last year I got rebounds. Like I was have the most rebounds in a season but then like this year I cut my weight a lot like my body changed a lot and so I'm way more in shape I think it's more like reading the ball like when the ball hits the rim I can like read it where it's gonna go so I don't know I think it looks like that falls to me a lot but like sometimes it's like knowing that if someone shoots from 
like one side, it's going to go weak side. So it's like I'm more so in good position. So if I were shooting, you would stand under the rim. It's going to be an air ball, obviously. Sure. So you're just going <laughs> to catch it from I just saw the, you switch one. Yeah, that was uh, the camera tricks. We have, <laughs> that was the first Yeah, we have, we have cameras and we do tricks with cameras and stuff here. So uh, with you playing basketball, being such a high-level recruit, what is it like to be because uh, you were originally going to UConn, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that, that program is legendary for winning a ton of basketball championships. And when they recruit you, you're pretty freaking good. And before you decided to come to Arkansas, what's it like being a, a star recruit? I mean, is, are people coming to your games all the time just scouting you? Yeah, I think it's, it's my favorite part about it is like the young kids that come watch. I think that even when I was in high school, like I would have little girls come up to me, whether they were like in my jersey or like in the school I was or the Yukon. And I think that it was like, that was me. So I feel like that's the best part about it is like knowing my work is being paid off and like there has to continue to be players to look up to. And as I had players to look up to, the younger girls need to. So that's definitely my favorite part of like being a good athlete is just seeing the young kids, like the excitement, even after Arkansas games, like we have signature Sundays and like it makes their whole world to like come up to us and, I don't know. I just think that that's definitely my favorite part. Who was your hero, your sports hero growing up? Maya Moore. She was my favorite. Have you got to meet her? No. She like kind of took a turn from basketball. So she's in justice now. But I mean, can you not message her and be like, I'm a star. Stars talk. Yeah, I need to reach out to her, yeah. honestly. I've met so many cool people. Well, that this I... is cool. Maya, come in. I'm just kidding. She's not here. I'm just kidding. I would oh. literally die. Oh. Why'd you do that? That's funny to me. Maybe nobody else. That was funny to me. That's funny to me. Sorry, Sailor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, you say that you met a lot of cool people. Like, who are the cool people? I mean, I'm sitting next to him oh. right now. No, you're not. This is not cool. This yes, is actually not cool. I remember it was cool. the coolest thing ever when you guys, like, contacted me at first. The sweatshirt. I was yeah. like, no way. No, yeah, I, I feel honest talk because I was like, I, I really want to get Sailor. And I talked to Coach and I was like, hey, I think Sailor would be awesome because I obviously knew where you come from, how good of a ball player you were. And then you got there and I was like, man, Sailor is just not, she, she's such a stud athlete. She thinks I'm, st- we're, I'm stupid and we're stupid. That's what no. we felt like. Is that true? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. No. Remember when you said you're stupid to me though? That's why I thought that. <laughs> Wait, what? No, you didn't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I did no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so Sailor did a, uh, I do, we do a charity hoodie and, Sa- and Sailor did that with us. Um, so I know Sailor from last year, but here we are, sophomore year. Do you feel like you're matured and he has a player? Do you feel smarter on the court? Um, a year into being full-time player? Yes, I think just like last year, okay, so I have a unique situation. I'm a sophomore on the court, but I'm about to graduate next year. So I'm like kind of in my junior year. I went to school early at UConn. So I feel like I've been in college for so many years, but I've only been on the court for, this is my second year. So I think it's just like now catching up to like what I felt my experience is and like what my actual experience is. But this year it's like kind of all come together because I'm also needing to be a leader. So I think that last year was nice because we had the upperclassmen that we could just, I could focus on like on the court, whatever, where now I kind of got welcomed into a leadership role. And I think that without last year, I would not be prepared. So I feel way more mature and way more equipped for it. Do you guys in the off season ever go train with like any of the other college kids or even pro athletes? Do you ever get time to do that? Yes, I train. So we just played UCLA and one of my best friends is on the team, Kiki Rice, and I go train with her all summer long. So this past summer I went home for like a month and a half and I trained with Alex who played in the NBA and like did a whole bunch of stuff. And I got to go to Miami and like, I've just got to meet a lot of people through training. 
Alex McLean. Okay, got he it. played. Well, you said Alex. I didn't know yeah, Alex. Yeah, yeah, so and was I was nice. just going to be cool and be like, Alex, yeah, how about that? Alex Caruso. I didn't see now Alex no. forever. Alex P. Keaton. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but so like this summer I got to go and meet a bunch of different people and like basketball is just, you like it's such a small world. Like you go and then you you get on a team and it's like next thing you know, oh, we're playing UCLA in a double and it's I'm playing my best friend. I played USA with her. I played AAU with her. So it's like a small world. But yeah, I've got to train with some cool people. The the player for UCLA, she I think she's six nine. I don't think she's listed as six nine, but she's she's got to be six nine. She's really big. She's, she do, was also my teammate. How do you how do you uh, how do you rebound against someone that is that much bigger than you? You don't. You don't. Okay, there we have it, everybody. <laughs> I, I didn't have that many rebounds. Keep your dreams. <laughs> keep your dreams alive. Um, so what's what's the what's the ceiling with this year's team in conference? I think we have so much talent in so many different areas that we don't have a ceiling. And I think that that's what makes us so good is that we've like, we're nowhere close to how good we can be. And I think that, you know, every game is a challenge for us and I, it better equips us. The, the SEC is going to be challenging every night, whether you go play a team that's considered last in the SEC or first. And so I think that seeing that every game we're getting closer to our potential is almost promising because it's like, we're putting all the pieces together in the right order. Do you feel it? Do you feel like it's starting to happen? Yes. Like the first few games, I remember leaving the game and I'm like, we barely won and we're playing. Like, don't say anybody specific yeah. now. Don't and do that, Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like now we go to Florida State and not one person picked us to win. We all played just how we could. Like we didn't do anything crazy. We didn't do anything different. And I think that those kind of games give you confidence. And I mean, even UCLA, like that's the best team we've played in two years. And so I think that having a team like that, you know, you lose, but you learn a lot about your team, and we definitely gained a lot of confidence. All right, that's it. We're going to play the Coach Neighbors interview after we're done with the show here uh, because we put it on the Christmas episode because I thought it was so good, but some people may not have heard that episode, so we're going to put it. It was. He talked about having a stroke, yeah. no, a heart, heart attack. attack at 29. Amazing. Really cool. He has a th like a movie list of a thousand movies or whatever. Yeah. Reads, reads a lot. No, he thousand movies. He categorized them. A and songs, I think. His songs was like in the 30,000 or something. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. That. yeah. So that interview, wild. you should listen to that after we're done here. Anything you want to say, Eddie? I uh, just want to say I love you guys. Thanks, man. And, and even more now because I had this hat in my head. Dude, I love this hat. Thank you so much. It's comfy, man. Thank you. Do we look good? Uh, you look great, actually. That looks good on you, Kevin. Yeah? I'd yeah. like to make out all of you at the same time. What? Let's go. Bring it. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right, so on Friday show, we have Phil Yates on from ESPN, and then just get ready, get for, your smiles ready because for what? Because I'm about to hit a parlay. That's Let's gonna... go! Mm. So many smiles. <laughs> what was that sound? Dude. I don't know. It felt racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we were somewhere. No, I won't say no, where. No, no, I won't say. I won't even say where yeah, we were. I won't even say where we were. I'm not yes. saying what city or state we were in. Yes. And somebody came up to Eddie and goes. What ethnicity are you? Uh -huh. and, then, and then I was kind of confused by and it. And I heard it and I was like, is this a, somebody playing a joke on him? And I guess this person didn't think I heard them. So they, they said, are you Arabic? <laughs> I said, no, <laughs> I'm not Arabic. It really takes some balls to ask somebody what ethnicity they are. <laughs> yes. Just straight up. Just like, hey, man, what? What you got? And, Arab <laughs> and Arabic's like Aladdin, right? Like, <laughs> yes. So I was in Aladdin yes. to her. You were Aladdin to her. <laughs> oh, okay. Check out our episode of Too Much Access. That's our video show uh, with Arkansas Razorback uh, women's basketball team. And other than that, 
Ed, you can blow the whistle. <laughs> I got you, man. And we'll play the Coach Neighbors interview, and we'll get the H-E double hockey sticks out of here. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, see you guys. Coach, thanks for having us today. Welcome to the house. Thanks. Um, your office is, you got a corner office. You got a bathroom in the office. Yeah. Didn't know we were dealing with that elite of status here. I, I'm not sure that's what it is. I, but for a guy that went to school here, that view of Bud Walton yeah, Arena. That's awesome. Every single day, man, you can't beat it. Whenever I talk to somebody who coaches at their alma mater, I'm always genuinely curious if they think their love of the school can be soured if it doesn't go right yeah. professionally. Yeah, scared to death that it could happen that way. Did Because I'm assuming it was absolutely no doubt – you're going to be the coach. You want the job yeah. for sure. Yeah. But a little bit was like, man, if this sucks and I don't yeah. do well, then how do I even like still love it? Yeah. I hadn't gone away either. That really? was seven years ago. Yeah. I mean, it was a, a no brainer. It was, I was in a dream job, a good job at Washington. But when the opportunity came, like you said, it was, was home. It was what I dreamed of. I wanted to be a Razorback player and I was never good enough at anything, but coaching was the opportunity. And, and I think about it every single day I wake up and you know, the other part for me is I'm a fan of our other 18 sports just like every other fan in Arkansas. And then I'm also colleagues in one sport. So, but no, it was a great fear. I talked it over with all of my family, especially my close family. Like you understand that there has never in the history been a basketball coach retire from the university of Arkansas. And they were like, well, what do you mean? I said, they've all been told, right. That's me. It could be me. And most likely probably will be, are we good with that? And we all said, yeah. I said, if I get to be the coach here for one day, it will have been worth it. I mean, that'd be the coolest thing, getting hired and like getting walked into your office and like, this is now your program at your school. Yeah. Do you remember that day? Yeah. I stood right there and looked at that view and it just washed over me. I mean, it hit me like, because I'd said it from a very young age, I wanted to be a Razorback and I was not good enough at any sport, but then it became, I want to be a Razorback coach. And when it came, it, it hit me. I stood right there and I cried by myself because of the overwhelming, how many people helped me get here, how lucky I know for everything to line up like it was. So I don't spend one single day taking for granted how how important it is, how valuable it was. But also I, I try to hit the ground running every day so I get to be here as long as I possibly can. So when you say you went to school here but you weren't good enough to play for the Razorbacks, did you play a lot of like ball on the wreck? Like, I did. Yeah. Hyper, did dominate I a, that? Yeah. I tried out for baseball, but Coach DeBrian cut me. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. I played a little baseball at, at West Ark and came up here and had a, I thought I had a pretty good day. I tell, I've told the story, Coach DeBrian, in the room many times, but he, he came walking across the diamond there and I thought, I'm getting ready to be a Razorback. I just, <laughs> I hit it good in the cage and I'd picked it pretty good in the field. And he walked up and he put his arm around me and said, Neighbors, you're a good boy. He said, uh, Coach Coach Crowder was right. That was my junior college coach. Coach Crowder was right. He said, you you really understand the game. You know when to be and where to be. You just, you just can't quite do it. He said, you ever thought about coaching? And I said, yeah, as soon as my, as soon as my playing days are over, I'm going to go right into coaching. And he kind of patted me on the butt and he goes, that's today. That's, <laughs> coincidentally, that's, here we are. Yeah, Did you think at all about trying to play ball somewhere else when you got cut here? No. It was Razorbacks or nothing for me. I had some small college offers to play basketball. I was better at basketball. I was probably a little better at baseball. Basketball was my love. Um, I, maybe I thought about it, but it was just it wasn't going to be the same. If it couldn't be Razorbacks for me, that's just it wasn't going to be anything. Who were the guys that for you? Because for me, it was Oliver Miller, Todd yeah. Day, Lee Mayberry. Like my young years, mm -hmm. super instrumental in me being a Razorback diehard fan. Like when I say that to you, who who are those guys? The other triplets: mm. Marvin Delph, Ron Brewer, Sidney Moncrief. 
and really that whole team. So, like, if you come in my my Razorback room in my house, I've got all those guys' jerseys. I've got balls. I've got sweatbands. I've collected over the years. Those were the people that I've stayed up late to watch the replays of, you know, the tape delays before we had VHS and all those different things. So those were the, those were my guys on, on the basketball, but, but Ben Cowens in football, that orange bowl team, Roland sales, Ron Calcagney, Dan Hampton, uh, you know, Kevin McReynolds in baseball. Those were more when I was starting to get older and wanting to be here. Uh, but I've idolized a, a number of coaches and players and, you know, now every sport. When you started, Coach, did you ever feel – because I was talking about this with my wife. Like, you know, I always say I can do it. But deep inside, I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. When you first started, did you kind of feel like – Yeah, every day. I do this. Every day. Uh, my first job was a swim coach at Bentonville High School. I, I missed a meeting early in the summer because I didn't have an email account set up yet. And they had sent out emails for all these coaches to come to this meeting. Well, I didn't know about it. Well, they made me the swim coach. Well, first Did of you all, have any experience – I can't swim. Okay. Okay. I'm not, so not only did I not have any experience as a swim coach, I didn't have the ability to even jump in the water mm, and do show anything. Them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But fortunately at Bentonville, they had a person hired through Walmart who did all the instructing and I just needed to be the school liaison to show up. And so they said, Hey, yeah, you know, you be there at four 30 and it's year round. I'm like going, well, I can't do it at four 30. I got basketball practice at three 30. And they said, no, the other four 30. The oh, my gosh. Because that's, like that's when swimmers swim. Oh. So I was at the swim auditorium, and, and I, my first swim meet I ever saw, I actually coached. So every day, and still to this day, I I, I always worry I'm doing it wrong. I always worry. We were talking about imposter syndrome before we were on here. I certainly have had that a number of times. And, you know, when I first got to be a head coach, one of my first coaching jobs was I was coaching as Tar Vandiver, who's won over a 1,000 games, and I'm going game one, you know. So I still have that. I I hope that's normal. I don't know that it is, but for me, my greatest fear is always that I'm not doing it right or maybe I can't, but try not to let that show. I try to put on a, a confident smile and, and do the best I can, but it's a scary profession, but it's fun. Were you a decent swim coach, even though? I was an unbelievable swim coach. Yeah, yeah, there let's go. go. Hey, yes. we won st- I got a state championship ring on No here. way. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I got it sitting right over here someplace. Yeah, so, right here it is, right there. And what do you credit that to? <laughs> the un- unbelievable swimmers that were at that school at that particular time. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, me not messing them up. But still, Okay, but that there is uh, there's a skill to not messing something good up. Yeah, just as much as there is making something good that maybe isn't as good as uh, possibly could be. Sure, you didn't mess it up. No, I, I what I did, I went in and you know it was kind of a, a an Olympic sport. It wasn't one that got a lot of newspaper coverage. But I've been coaching basketball, so I called my newspaper writers and I said, "Hey, have you not followed this swim team? They're amazing. We'd won state championships, and this kid's going to be in the junior Olympics." So I got him publicity. And I brought it kind of to be – I went out. Here's what I did at the school, too. I went and I bought the coolest sweats suit that anybody had on campus, and I gave to our swimmers. And every other sport wanted them, but but they couldn't have them because swim team had them. And we made swimming kind of cool. It's kind of a cool deal. So when did you get to stop coaching swim? When did you retire I, well, as a champion swim coach? I'm not sure it was a retirement. I think it was a fa- they found somebody that drove the bus better than I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was when I got to be the head coach of a, a, another team. Uh, that was kind of, uh, you know, it was very time consuming. It was four, it really was 4.30 in the morning until 7 in the morning every day of Oof. the year. And it was a $1,000 stipend. So it was not the most lucrative gig that was, ever. That, that, was, that was the whole pay for that job? Yeah. A $1,000 stipend. $1,000 for that number of hours, that many. So I, I when I got to be the head coach of the girls' basketball team, they the 80s said, we need somebody that 
can do this a little better than you are. And I gladly uh, relinquished my title to somebody that actually had been to a swim meet before I had. So whenever you're an assistant basketball coach at the school, was your dream to be a collegiate coach or was it to just be the, the best high school coach in the state? Yeah, not initially because I, I didn't have it not played. I didn't know for sure how it would go. Uh, initially, I just thought I wanted to go be the high school coach at Greenwood, Arkansas. I wanted to go back home and and do that. But I had a heart attack at 29, wow. a genetic defect in my heart. And at 29, I was the high school coach at Cabot. And when it happened, and that was when it changed me to wanting to be a college coach. I, it, I so what to, did you do differently then the, so you want to be a college coach, you go get a master's or no, no, you don't have to have a master's to coach D one. Uh, I didn't probably didn't need to go into any more school as it was uh, with my last GPAs. So I just got to know coach Blair really well. Uh, a lot of people said, you know, you need to branch out and network and get to know a lot of coaches. But I, I had a really wise Paul one time that said, it's okay to put all your eggs in one basket. As long as you watch thine basket. Yeah. You know, so I just got to know coach Blair. And I volunteered at his camps. I volunteered every chance I got. And every time he had a job opening, I said, I'll do it. I don't care what it pays. So finally, he had a job that paid $14,000. I was making $72,000 as a high school coach. And I said, I'll take it. And he spent the next three hours trying to talk me out of it. He said, I said, well, you already offered me the job, coach. Why? So I took the pay cut and jumped into it. What was the job? I was called director of basketball operations, which is a big, big title. Other, I should have been his diet Coke guy. That was my first <laughs> job was to make sure he had diet Coke at practice. So like I had been taught, I said, okay, coach, do you want that in a cup? Do you want it in a can? Do you want it in a, out of a fountain? Do you want crushed ice? Do you want sonic ice? Do you want cubed ice? What do you want? So I did the best job I could at being that until he let me drive him around until he let me do a little stuff uh, more and more and more and more. So, uh, that was my first job. Glorified Diet Coke guy. Coach, the heart attack, though, at such a young age, and you go into a, a, a career where you're just going to be yelling and <laughs> stressing know, right? out the whole time. How do you manage that? My heart rate doesn't get above 120. Any like They've had me on monitors. I just I think because of the heart attack, I have this perspective on maybe it's not as big a deal as everybody. I mean, it is stressful, don't get me wrong, but I don't stress about it. Um, I think because I've had the heart attacks and that it has helped me try to be as calm as I can. My, a lot of my players will say, you know, I'm calm because coach is calm. I'm uh, he, if he's calm, I can be calm. So I hope that's turned out to be a positive thing. Um, it was a genetic thing too. So we got it under control. I'm not really worried about it happening again. My doctors have all said, I think in a nice way, it's going to be something else that you're going to get hit by a truck or you're going <laughs> to, you're going to have a plane, something, you know, something yeah. I'm like, oh, thanks. It's not going to be my heart, but, that moment changed me. At 29, you realize life's that short because he he literally told me, he said, if you'd have been asleep, I think you would have died because mm. you might not have really known it was happening. And you, they call it the Widowmaker vow because of that reason. So I was lucky. I've always been right time, right place, guys. So obviously that one was one of those. What was your highlight, your highest moment in high school coaching? Before high you, school coaching? Yeah, before you left. I had a team. Uh, it, it's kind of a three-year three, three year window. I had a team that was finished 1-24. Won one game. And the game we won, believe it or not, we hit a jump shot at the end of the third quarter to win it because nobody scored in the fourth, believe it or not. That team played for the state championship two years later. The same, most of the same crew. Same most of the same yeah. crew. We just got better and better and we stuck. We had a move in or two, don't get me wrong. But that group, that was probably the the pinnacle of high school coaching for me. And then when you, what was your first collegiate job here with Coach yeah, Blair? It was. So, but then you have to leave again, right? Yeah. You have to leave because it's a, it's a job. It's a journeyman job. It is. But with the idea, hopefully, of coming back too. That was the plan. 
Yeah, and I came back again in between. So I started with Coach Blair. I went to Tulsa. I followed that coach to Colorado. I came back to Arkansas for another time. I went to Xavier. I went to, to Washington. And that was where I got my first head coaching job. Uh, and then when this one came open, it was everything I could do to to come back home. But yeah, you knew you know you're going to be. I moved five times in five years. I moved eight times. You know, and you know it's one of those deals that you know you have to do that to at the end hopefully be able to stay, be somewhere for a long time. When did you realize that this was like the thing you were pretty good at? Well, there's a picture of it over there. We I was an assistant coach at Xavier. Uh, we had a young lady who missed a couple of layups to go to the Final Four. I mean, smoked them. I mean, wide open. And for something in me, rather than be upset about Miss, I sprinted onto the court and I picked her up off the floor and I just hugged her and shielded her. And I still to this day don't know what made me do it. But that was, I knew after looking back on it, I said, I'm supposed to be a coach. If I, if something in my body reacted, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not, I, I was still an assistant. I almost quit coaching. I had tried to become a head coach. I was an assistant for 14 years. I was at Xavier at a spot where I thought I was going to get the job, and I didn't. And I almost just, you know, decided I was going to get out of coaching and come home and sell drugs and flip house. Pharmaceuticals. Okay, I'll like Not drugs. Pharmaceuticals. whatever you got to do, coach. Pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Tough environment out there. I was going to sell pharmaceuticals (laughs) and flip houses. I really thought about it for a while. But I I took that job at at Washington, that ended up leading down. And so – um, you know, it, it, it's one of those jobs where you have to kind of think that way. What's the difference in that we don't understand? Of okay, you're the number one assistant, but now you're the head coach. Like oh. whenever you're, whenever they move you up at Washington, and you're the head guy. Yeah. Uh, immediately, what did you not know you were going to have to be? Well, you've got to make the decisions instead of the suggestions. You know, all those great suggestions I'd had as an assistant coach, and I was like, oh, he's not doing that. You know, why, don't, why aren't they using my idea? the amount of decisions you had to make on a daily basis and not only the amount of it, but the number of people it affected. Like if like today, if I want to change practice time, I've got to alert 59 people and then they have families and they have people they have to alert. I had never thought about that aspect of having to be the person that makes a decision that trickles down and affects those many people. Uh, And then the other thing that was, it's going to sound really petty, but I was at Washington the Friday before I was the assistant coach, we went out on a little out excursion and I had like a little Subaru SUV, mini SUV or whatever. Every kid's trying to pile in there with me because I was cool and had the cool music and whatever. I had like 10 people trying to get in my car. The next Friday, I was the head coach and I had the big SUV and we were going to go out to a dinner to celebrate and nobody wanted to ride with me. <laughs> and I was the same guy. But your job had changed. right? So like, that was hard on me for a while. Like, cause you're not going to be liked all the time and their decisions are tough and it's going to have, no, you're going to make somebody mad probably. And that, boy, I struggle with that. And I'm not telling you, I don't still struggle with that a little bit today. Cause that's just, that's hard. But the, the two big things we're having to make all these decisions and learning that you can run out of energy to make decisions. It's why the presidents don't pick out their own clothes or where they're eating. Cause you can exhaust yourself of your energy of making decisions on stuff that's trivial. The last 10 years or so, seemingly from, you know, 10,000 feet up, uh, the recruiting has changed. It's seemingly so much more than it had in any any clip of time because, yeah. again, all the rules have changed from the portal mm. to NIL to uh, how much adapting have you had to do? How much changing have you had to do just in your day-to-day CEOing and coaching? A lot. I mean, you have to scrap what you did two years ago. It, it literally changes every day now. 
I mean, the price of recruiting, and I don't mean the, the dollar amount. We're not talking about NIL. I'm just saying the things you have to do to stay on that cutting edge, uh, to be attractive to the best players in the country. Um, I have to have people surrounding me because I'm not the one that can keep up with what's cool and what trend, how are we going to communicate with these people? So I've got to employ uh, an unbelievable staff of people who are up on that. And then I just have to be available. As long as I make myself available to them to do whatever they tell me to do, I can stay in the thick of it. But it, it it's a complete 180-degree shift from what it was two years ago. Final three questions. You have a lot of books in this office. They're everywhere. Yeah. So I, Even your book. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a setup, though. Oh, th- it was like, not a no, setup. I'm going to tell you why I think it's a setup, Coach. Hold on. Interesting. I have a theory about this. You walk in, and obviously either Coach is well-read – or has just spent a lot of money on books. One of the two. <laughs> it could be either one. I know people that have done both. Okay. Not going to hate. Um, so, but again, there are so many books in this office that I feel like you've probably read a few of them. Um, now, why? I'm looking at your, there's four books on your desk. There's 500 around here. Just yep. playing the numbers game. Yep. Analytics, data. Yep. What are the odds that my book would be on your desk randomly when it's, I show up? Well, it's not random because I want you to sign it before you leave, but it was in that Well, you stack. act like it was just sitting on your desk. Oh, it was in the stack when you guys got here? No, no, it was in the no, stack no, no, when no, I got it's here on this morning. It's on his desk. It's yeah, on his I, desk. I don't believe this at all. Okay. It was in my stack mm-hmm. with all the other white books over there. You can ask anybody There's that price here. tag on it. No, Bought well, today at half price books, looks like. The receipt's still there. Yeah, it's still there. Every book in here has been read. And anybody that's Every book in here has been read. Anybody that's around me can tell you the story about me and behind reading. But if they're on my desk, I'm in this process of reading them. If they're in that book bag over there on the corner, they are my favorite books. If they are stacked under here, they're the ones I'm going to give anybody in this room. If y'all want a copy of Speed of Trust, I buy every copy I can find and I hand them out to anybody that comes in here and asks me about reading. I was an awful reader at the age of 40 and I took a test online and I read at the eighth grade reading level. And that's embarrassing. And I I wanted to become a better reader. So I started reading. And I got better and better and better. I got to where I could read 900 words a minute and with comprehension. So that's when I started pouring through every copy of everything I could ever read. Uh, I'm not that fast anymore because I, now I take a – for every book I read, I write uh, at least 10 pages. And I go back, I alternate it back and forth. But your book has been read since I was coming to Nashville a couple of years ago when we were going to connect. That was when I got a copy of that book. And um, Why don't you write a book? Have you write so much? I've you- had – I've had a lot of people say, and I think I will when I retire and I'm not coaching. I've got a bunch of pieces that I think we could write into a book right now. I've, I've written 20, probably, probably 2000 pages worth of stuff. I had a newsletter I shared that went out to 75,000 coaches that went out weekly. I wrote in those things. Uh, I think I could probably put it together. It's a lot of other people's thoughts that I've kind of made into my own. And some are stories about my papa. That's, I think the book that I'll publish is my papa neighbor's stories. Uh, because he was such a wise man without an education. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, I think I will write a book someday. It's just not something right now that, that I want to do, but I think I will in time. Yeah, it sucks to write it. I, it sucks. It's Bobby awesome. Three. So, it's so awesome, you were saying three questions about the books, but yeah, everything in here has been read, and it's all coded, and you can talk to my administrative assistant down there. It's it got does. the Dewey Decimal System in here. You pull the cards out. <laughs> we tried. We tried that, and we had stacks everywhere. It was going to be leadership. It was going to be body language. It was going to be all these different – and then finally I just said, forget it. Just put all the blue books together, all the red books together, all the yellow books together because I do remember what color books are, and that's the way I remember them. Like that's a yellow cover book or that's a 
green box. Or, Plus, it looks cool. It just looks. It, like, it looks it's awesome. a little better. Yeah, there's a little discrepancies around, but I'm colorblind. It looks ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, there's uh, also like a DVD collection here, and I see you know some yeah. movie pictures here. Yeah, you got Star Wars, Bull, Bull Durham, Star correct? Wars. Um, yeah. Rocky. Uh, what's your favorite? Let's say sports movie, and yeah. then movie in general. A few good men. Number one. Uh, you may not know this about me, but I do have my top 1,000 movies ranked in order on IMDb. You can look it up when we leave. Uh, one through 1,000. What do you mean? How do we look that up? That's I can pull it up on its like, uh, webpage. Wait, we can go on. We can find it on the internet? Yeah, right now. What's, one the, through th- what's the domain? IMDb.com. It's this huge. No, internet. I know what that site is, Coach. I'm saying, but how do we find yours? Top Mike Neighbors. You, you heard of it, Bones? And you just went on. Uh, so you have like an account? Here's what happened. I was in Seattle. This came up in an interview that I had my top thousand movies ranked and somebody said, I don't believe you. I said, here you go. I have them typed out. They're in order. They're my favorite list. It's been well documented. It's been well thought through. Few Good Men, number one. It's never been touched. The top 10 has moved around some. Never been touched even by Forrest Gump. No. Forrest Gump, I think, is 11. Uh, maybe slid to 14. I'll check when we, when we but I, we do this as bar bets. I'll, I'll tell people to name a movie and I can tell you where it falls within my top thousand within a few. But it is, it's ranked. And when I, so somebody in Seattle heard about it and IMDb reached out to me and said, would you please publish your list? Oh, that's cool. So it's out, it's out there. I'm a published, I'm a, I guess I am published now that I think about it. Yeah. Sports uh, movie on the internet though. Sport. uh, We found it. We found it. Yeah, I got it. Hunt for Red October is number two. Hunt for Red October. The Silence of the Lambs number three. Hoosiers four. That's my favorite sports movie. Hoosiers. Oh, Brother, We're Out There is five. Moneyball six. Top Gun seven. I'm going to do all thousands. You guys fast forward for a little bit. Uh, (laughs) I'll tell you what one thousand is. Mamma Mia. Zero Dark Thirty Eight. Huh? Original Top Gun? Yes. I've never seen the other one. The new one? You've seen the new one? Yes. I haven't seen it. Is it good? good. Uh, Purple Rain 10. That's good. Love Shawshank Purple. 11. Ooh, kind of low. Ooh, for, 11. Yeah. Th- Shawsh- and Forrest Make Gump, though. List. Same Make- year. Shawshank and Forrest Gump. Oh, Which, same year. Say, what's, what is Forrest Gump? Uh, 12. Oh, so what happened was uh, Moneyball moved up, so that one moved down one. And I think you're referring to, I think, Forrest Gump knocking Shawshank out, or was it the opposite? Well, and, well those two plus, what's the uh, the Royale, the cheese? Oh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, same yeah. year. All the yeah. same yeah. year. All, all best pictures. For movies. Yeah. All best pictures. Yeah. And I think one of, I don't know which one. All great. But this is my list. Yeah. It's it's not the best movies of all time. What I, what I, my criteria was this. If one was on TBS and one was on TNT, what am I watching? Mm-hmm. And Few Good Men is that movie for me. I, I will watch Hitch. it start to it's finish. Hitch for me. Hitch, Hitch is 30. It's oh, in the 30s. Is it really? Keep going. Yeah. You're going to get to it pretty quick. I love Hitch. Uh, Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams there? Field of Dreams is, is pretty high. It's pretty high. And so, like, I have these arguments, people, and everybody goes, oh, that's too low. And I'm saying, well, make your list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's because my list. you'll be surprised how quick you get to 80. Yeah. Like, there's good movies in the hundreds on this list. And, and I still I was, now. This is not the most updated. I have a working living document that every time I watch a movie, I put it into the ring. What's wow. the last movie that you watched that made the list? Last movie I watched to to be into the list. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the last? It was the uh, Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, yeah. that made the top that. thousand list. It, it, well, no, because I'm. I don't want to f- seem really weird, but it's over thirty seven hundred now. Oh, wow. That's just... The- Are you... I have... So, I take medicine for my OCD being a little out of control sometimes. Are you OCD? Probably, but it's not medicated. Okay. Maybe you should, is my point. I have some. <laughs> Can we try? I, mean, I have, is it, I have is, some. Is this one of those ones that I could try and it wouldn't... It, well, you wouldn't, it wouldn't affect you at all. Part, part, part of the deal is I don't sleep a lot. I never did even prior to having a young family and all that. But I, I was, wonder why you have a heart attack, Coach. I don't know. But that was before. That's genetic. That was way before. That was way before. Postdoc ergo propter hog. That's He's like, I haven't blinked in three months and I never sleep, but I can't figure out how my heart's breaking down. Um, a, a couple more of these I, movies. I'm only at one... 
Like I'm in the hundreds. Well, come on, but one eleven is a gladiator. Oh, that's a great, movie. which is, it is a awesome. great movie. But be surprised how quick. Now I also have my top fifty-seven thousand songs ranked in order. Wow. Wow. Okay, hold and on, on the playlist, what's, what's number one. Well, go to hey, go to Billboard.com. They're all <laughs> they're all up there that he's a published. I'm not on that one, but that's what I did during COVID. Was I made a music list and a playlist of all those songs? Wow. Yeah. And number one is "Sweet Child of Mine." Let's oh, go. let's go. I know. Let's I know. Go, I get I get ridiculed for it an awful lot. Well, what's wrong with What's wrong with "Sweet Child of Mine"? It was it was my favorite song. I'm not saying it's the best song no, of I, uh, all time, and it's, it's not. You're right, and it's, it's not <laughs> by any means. It's not the best song, but it's not even their best song. Yeah, well, yeah. Like I'd have gone like November Rain. It's fine. Guns, but it's, Make you're right. Your list. It's it's definitely. Your, I do have a list. <laughs> Bring me your top fifty-seven thousand. No, I, no well, I don't. I don't. I, I, I'll pass out. I have a heart attack before I get to fifty-seven thousand. <laughs> get to a hundred. But I got it's like hard. I've done like top twenty-five. Like I know my top five, which is like. Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, right. Stop This Train, John Mayer, okay. uh, Ain't No Sunshine, Bill Ooh. Withers. Uh, like, I can probably get to 20. Uh, Matt Stell. Um, Matt Stell, oh, pray pray for What's you. that one that goes, Anytime mm. I pray for you. Yeah, pray for you. <laughs> yeah. That's number four? Yeah, yeah uh, no, it's uh, 5,719. <laughs> Check it. Eddie. Yeah, Check I, just, it. I just know where Check that one right is. Check it right um, now. Check it right now. Okay, well, how about that? Have you seen, okay, one, I haven't read the book that you pass out. And I, I like to read. What is that book? The Sound of Time? Speed of Trust. Okay, have you ever... Do you have a bunch Slow of copies in here? Yeah, I'm give okay, this. I'm going to take one. Have you ever have you ever seen Man on the Moon? Man on the Moon? Yeah, no. with about Andy Kaufman. Oh no, okay. love to see it. So, is it a movie? Yes. Yeah, Andy Kaufman died before I knew. Oh, I read Shift Your Mind. That's a really good one. It's really good. He's a great guy. Who? The author. Oh, Levinson, really? Brian Levinson. Do you know who I um, was hanging out with on Zoom the other day? It was Malcolm Gladwell? No kidding. Mm-hmm. We're doing a project together. I can't I saw wait blank. to read it. I saw a bunch. I've of, got them all over there. Yeah, he's he was. Well, how cool are you guys? What, he's super is, interesting. Uh, he, he, all of his books are one that I pass and share yeah. out every single one of them that he has. Yeah. I, I geeked but out and I get, I bet you we would. both get to be around cool people all the time, but there's some people. And for me, it's always like old school Razorbacks mm-hmm. and authors. And I'm always like, man, you're like Malcolm Gladwell. I just like stare at him. Yeah. He, that, the mind of the people like Gladwell that write like that and the Freakonomics people that blow mm-hmm. me away, that the, the way they think. Yavel Noah Harari, a new writer that's out that wrote Sapiens. I read Sapiens. It took me a while because that book is huge. What was crazy to me about Sapiens, we'll geek out with each other for a second. Yeah. Sapiens, what was crazy was when they talked about the humans that would survive, they're the first ones that could stand because they could see because right. they were on all fours. Right. And that's, we were all on all fours, but the ones that really th- thrived were the ones that could stand on two because it, they lifted higher, and had higher vision. Farther on the horizon. Crazy. And it's why we have, it's why when we, you hear something rustle in the woods, if you, you, better, you better assume it's a lion and not the wind. We still have we're, those our brain, tendencies. Our brain goes to war. Oh, too, a like lion yeah. in Arkansas? Yeah, yeah, yeah man, they're everywhere. Lions <laughs> are everywhere. <laughs> got them out in the wild. Be Wake careful. up, Eddie. Be Thank careful you. when you go outside. Okay, so I'm going to read that book, and then you watch... Yeah. Uh, I'll watch Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon, because it's a... It's I like a Andy Kaufman. True story. Yeah. Oh, you, but, and you know who Andy Kaufman is. Oh, I remember when Jerry Lawler slapped him on the... Dude. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, it was... I, mean, I know exactly who he is, and I'm sitting here wondering to myself, how did I miss that movie? I've, you were I've, making a list of your top 70 million cereals. Right. And Jim and Carrey. That, yes. Jim Carrey plays them. That, does Jim Carrey? Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. And he it's would, awesome. I bet it is phenomenal. That, I can't, that, I'm that shocked my, I have missed Like it. Letterman's my hero, but Andy Kaufman, I never got to see him. In all, his prime? Or ever. I mean, he died oh, really? in eight, early 80s. Yeah. And so, or like 81. So I never, but but the things that he would do like, that weren't even supposed to be funny. Yeah. Like, they were just, let's see what everybody's reaction is. Yeah. So I'm going to read that book you watch my movie and we'll, we'll check notes. back in i can't wait okay um one, one final you guys want to give me an assignment 
Yeah, uh, you yeah. Watch we're take you, a, you want me to read the serpent? I, I can read the serpentine. We're, we're we're gonna have you go through my top fifty-seven thousand song list <laughs> and see check for duplicates. That I could do. I'll do That's that. funny. <laughs> All right, final question, Coach. Okay. The very first game you coach as the head coach here at your alma mater, the school that you love. Yeah. When you walk out the first time, yeah. what, let's say the first home game. Yeah. Because I don't know if your first game was a home game or not. It was not, but the, I remember the first home game very like, well. Like, talk to me about that. Uh, just the whole day was so, you know, people will say numbing. People will say, but that's the best way I could describe it. It was just floating on air. It was, it was, everything was in slow motion. First time I heard my name about, announced over the loudspeaker, uh, the hog call for the first spontaneous time. Um, it hit different than when I was fan, you know, growing up, the, the boy that my granddad was taking to the, all the games and it just hit completely different. And even as an assistant coach, I had been here twice as an assistant coach, and I'd heard the fight song. I had heard all that. Uh, but when when it's your team, mm-hmm. uh, it and it's and and I know it may sound corny, it still feels the same today. It has not gotten old. It has not been, and and I think that is the difference. When you talk about people who coach at their alma mater, that's what you get. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be any more successful than somebody that didn't wasn't born in this zip code. But I do care about it, a deeper understanding and appreciation, I think. And I hope that comes out to our kids and the way I protect them and then the way I support the other coaches on our campus during the uh, during their times. Because, like I said, I'm, I'm first and foremost a, a Razorback fan of all 18 sports and then try to do the best to make fans out of the sport that I get to coach. Well, Coach, we appreciate you. Thanks Thank for your time. You, Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.